0: I will call upon you to do a service for me Play the Godfather Now at Chumpacasino.com Welcome
1: to the family VGW Group, no purchase necessary where prohibited by law See terms and conditions, 18 plus Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers To string trimmers and more Right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Ron Barr, and this is today's edition of Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. In our continuing series, we remember, we remember Guy LaFleur, who recently passed away. LaFleur's outstanding career included winning the Art Ross Trophy as the NHL's leading scorer three straight years, the Hart Trophy as league MVP twice, and the Conn Smythe Trophy as playoff MVP. LaFleur started playing hockey at the age of five after receiving his first hockey stick as a Christmas present. He went on to become the fastest player to reach a thousand points, doing so in only 720 NHL games. Fellow Hall of Fame forward Mario Lemieux said, As a boy in Montreal, Guy was larger than life to me. I idolized him as a player, I respected him as a person, and always cherished him as a friend. The Canadiens retired as number 10, and we remember Guy Lafleur. Well, the gentleman sitting off to my left looks like he should still uh, play hockey. I know he's a
0: hockey player because I see a (laughs) scar on the bridge of his nose. How many times, time, uh, gee, did you take a take a, a stick or a a puck off the bridge? I of had the house? a few. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't count them, but I had a few in my career. Oh. Yeah. Golly, you know, I watch you guys out there, and I just wonder how you could not play without a helmet. I mean, did you start not playing without a helmet?
2: I started playing with one the first three years, and uh, I didn't play uh, regularly when I came up with the Montreal Canadiens in 1971-72. And I was practicing without it, and uh, I was having a lot of ice time on the p- during the practice. So and I was doing a lot better than I was doing during a game uh, because of the ice time. And uh, I really thought that was because of the helmet. <laughs> 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 and I find out three years later that uh, it was not because of the helmet because I didn't play regularly and uh, it was like that at the, in 1971-72. So and I. The third year, I started to score uh, 50 goals uh, a year So uh, without it, so I said, hey, mm. this is it. <laughs> this is it. That's it. There goes the helmet. Yeah. Le-
0: what Do you ever sit back or did you ever sit back and think about what your life would have been if hockey had not been such an important part of it? No,
2: I never thought about it. Uh, it's something that i always been involved when I was a kid. My dream was to be a professional athlete uh, in hockey and uh Dream came true, and I played. And uh, you don't look back and say, "What would happen if I would be able to make a career or uh, to make it?" You, you don't think about that.
0: Why? Why did it come true for for you, and and maybe not for others? Because a lot of people, a lot of kids, always want to be professional yeah. athletes. You hear about them in this country talking about being major league baseball players or football, basketball players. Why? I think
2: where uh, well, I'm from a small town in in Canada. Uh, Near Montreal. It's about 2,500 people, uh, Terso Quebec. And uh, hockey was very popular then. Uh, it mm-hmm. still uh, is popular, but uh, that's all we used to do play hockey uh, outside, you know. And uh, on weekends, we used to play against uh, the small uh, town around uh, my own town in uh, tournaments. And I went to the Pee Wee tournament in Quebec City. It's uh, international, that uh, tournament. And uh, I won the first year that I went there in 1962. I won the championship, scoring championship that that year. I went back uh, in 63. Uh, We did very well. Uh, 64, I won it again. And the people in Quebec City, uh, they asked me, uh, hockey people, they asked me if I was, they asked my dad because I was kind of uh, 12 years old. I was too young to decide on my own day. I wanted to stay there, but uh, they phoned yeah. my dad. He said, We're interested of having your son come and play in Quebec City. And it was uh, 300 miles. My dad said, He's too young. We're going to wait. And uh, when I got to 14 years old, my dad said, You want to go? And I was between 12 and 14. I was crying to go <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we didn't have the great competition where I was. Uh, coming from so that's why I wanted to go to Quebec City and improve my skill so I went there when I was 14 Mm, live live with a family for 6
0: years and uh, that's uh, how it started. It's kind of interesting because of course in this country the national pastime is baseball and yet up in Canada hockey is the national pastime up there and I don't think that uh, people in this country have a true appreciation uh, for what it is really like I mean uh, it's not the the great rinks that we see nowadays—it's yeah. wherever there is water that's frozen. Yeah, you go out and you play. It, yeah. Can you describe what it was like some of your earlier matches and and some of the ice and competition that you used to have with the kids in the neighborhood?
2: Well, my dad, first of all, built a rink uh, behind the, by the in the backyard. No swimming pool, <laughs> <or> rink, right? <laughs> a rink, yeah. <laughs> it's cold enough, enough snow anyway. So uh, we used to get all the neighbors, of kids and friends, and uh, we used to play outside. Uh, after even we practice it at, into the arena there after school things like that but we get out of there we go back home and s- play outside you know and uh, we did that uh, we did that all the time we were on the ice all the time so it
0: really helped uh, uh,
2: me and a lot of kids to improve because uh,
0: what did mom say about this cuz moms are always <laughs> against their sons getting yeah. hurt they want them in school they want them learning yeah. a useful trade right
2: My mom was at the couple of tournaments where uh, I, one day I had a broken nose I was 10 years old <laughs> uh and she was crying she said you won't play hockey anymore <laughs> <laughs> My dad said hey don't say a word you know <laughs> It happened once in a while but uh for sure your mom uh, always uh, take care of uh of me when I was a kid and said hey uh, be careful don't get
0: hurt and, uh,
2: but when you're playing you don't think about these things You know, it, it happened.
0: One of the things that I've always liked about Canadian athletes no matter what the sport might be and I've met a number of them uh, whether they be hockey players uh, not football players but figure skaters or what have you is they're so down to earth the, their roots are very very solid is it because a lot of them come from the small towns in Canada? I would
2: think so I think a lot of kids are who plays professionally come from uh, small towns uh, uh, where they had to move away from it uh, at one point to improve their skill uh, because a lot of guys that I played with or uh, played against, you know, they, they have to uh, leave home early and go to the bigger city and get uh, the real competition. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so. Um, that's
0: why I think the guys are, are like that. See, I can't picture them as uh, being fighters. I mean, I've known too many of the nice guys, but when they get on the ice, there are some of those guys yeah. that, that transform <laughs> into something else. <laughs> well, there's a lot of
2: frustration out there because uh-huh. there's a lot of hooking and grabbing. and uh, I think there's uh, it's worse now than uh, when I first started to play in 1971, 72. It was more maybe wide open and... Uh, and it is today today it's uh, used to match up lines against line and only in the playoff now they're doing it uh, regular season games you know every team is very conscious about the two points that they have to uh, to win at the end of the game so uh, they play
0: a more defensive hockey game now how big was the rivalry you were on the Canadians of course I think 14 seasons uh, with Montreal and yet, you went down and you played with the Rangers as well. How much was that rivalry of, of the teams in Canada with the teams that were south of the border? Mm. You know, even though it was Detroit, Chicago, and, and Boston, everything. How did the Canadians look upon those teams? Was Montreal. it your sport?
2: It was. I don't think it was uh, anybody's sports. I mean, uh, the competition, the rivalry was very strong against, uh, like, playing with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you play against Boston Bruins, uh, Toronto. Uh, mostly the original six who used to be in the league a long time ago, and uh, the rivalry uh, still exists today uh, because of the, the maybe the background or uh, how the thing happened in the past, things like that. So uh, it's
0: uh, it's big. The rivalry is very big. I think just for the people out and about the country, if you think about uh, the Yankees and maybe uh, the New York Giants at one time playing on that team, you played for the Canadians. Mm-hmm. It was the Canadians and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can you describe what it was like to be a part of the Canadians? Because was it the national team? Was that uh, Canada's team, like they used to call the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL? America's well, team?
2: Montreal Canadiens had such a great dynasty and a great background because they won so many Stanley Cup. Uh, They won 23 Stanley Cup uh, so far. So uh, you didn't have any uh, teams out west uh, like Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg or uh, Edmonton. Uh, So uh, most of the people were uh, cheering for Montreal Canadiens. and when you go and play in Toronto, you have you had maybe half of the crowd would cheer for Montreal, and the other <laughs> half would cheer for <laughs> Toronto. So you uh, uh, had uh, a lot of people getting upset, you know, uh, because of, of that. Uh, I mean, the Toronto Maple Leaf fans, or the, even in Montreal, too, we had a lot of people who were uh, cheering for Toronto Maple Leaf,
0: or the Boston Bruins, and things like that. Did you find that uh, because of the success the Canadians had that teams would play at a different level than they might have, uh, say, if it was Detroit uh, in Boston? Because of the success that you had the number of championships? Because they always point to uh, a Super Bowl champion team. The next season, the teams get up higher for them. Could you sense that out on the ice? when you? Yes, we team? could
2: sense that because uh, every time that a team wins a uh, Stanley Cup, uh, the, it's the, the year following, it's a lot tougher because everybody wants to beat you. Uh, you become uh, a target to the other teams because every every, every team wants to prove to themselves and to their fans that they can't beat the the champion, uh, the team who won the Stanley Cup. So uh, it makes it very difficult sometimes.
0: Got to ask you a question about the, the uh, contemporary player today. Are they technically as good as uh, the players of your era when you when you came up and started?
2: I think they're. Uh, Maybe better because uh, all the coaching staff today, uh, they're very technical people and uh, uh, there's more uh, talk, I would say, you know, uh, uh, in the room or uh, on the ice before every practice, uh, watching films, the teams that they're going to play against. Uh, it's more technical today.
0: The colleges as an input into the pro, uh, pro ranks, has that helped also the level of, of Yes, parking? it's
2: really helping uh, the level, yeah.
0: I believe it was uh, Mike Bossy. Wasn't it Mike Bossy that was uh, a guest of our on ours? Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. But anyway, uh, he was talking about uh, Al Arbor. Uh, and he mentioned, I, I don't know whether it was Mike or not. I'm, I'm going on memory here. But talk, I was talking about the fact that I had always heard that Al Arbor was the guy who would play mind games with you. Yeah. And, uh, golly, who was it? It was Dennis Potvin. I'm sorry. Dennis? It wasn't Bossy. It was Dennis Potvin. <clears throat> and uh, Potvin said, you know, he says, one time I came off the ice, we were skating against Philadelphia, and he says, Al comes up to me, he says, you know, Dennis, he says, I don't mind you carrying a piano on your back, but when you stop to play it along the <laughs> way. <laughs> were there any coaches like that that you used to play mind games with to motivate you? Well, Scotty was like that a bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's a few coaches where they, they, they love to play mind games, but playing a mind games... Uh, uh, could hurt the players too, you know. It depends how you take it, and uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, we'd see a lot of guys getting really upset, you know, and uh, about things that would
0: uh, happen. <laughs> but hey, that's uh, that's part of the game. That's part of it. Roanoke, Virginia, you're up next, Tim. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I would like to uh, let Gee know that it's for me quite a privilege to speak to him, um, as you. May or may not know here in the south where I'm. Oh, about 200 miles southwest of Washington, and I did manage to go to the Capitol Center to see you play several times. And um, uh, the fact that uh, around here it's very difficult to uh, get a game on TV or on the radio, and it's kind of interesting. I've been a Canadians fan for you know about 20 years, and um, I had to resort to listening to the games in French I had high school French and uh, I was able to keep up with the action and know what was going on and I mean I've just you know been a Canadians fan and a Guila Fleur fan you were always my favorite player and I just wanted to let you know it's just a privilege to speak to you well thank you thank you thank you Tim for the call before we kick you loose here we only got about 45 seconds what do you most uh, remember about your career
2: I think winning winning the, the Stanley Cup five times it's something uh, really special. Uh, the comeback in 1988 with the Rangers, New York Rangers, uh, I would compare that uh, uh, to a Stanley Cup for me. Uh, the uh, uh, final tour that I did uh, the last two months, uh, being recognized in every ring that I played, it's something that I'm always going to cheer for the rest of my life. Uh, I feel. Uh, Very lucky to end my career like that.
0: Boy, I tell you, we need to hear more of those type of uh, comments from athletes. Thank you very much, not for being in here, but also what you gave the sport. As I said at the beginning of the show tonight, you're not only uh, an athlete, but you're a sportsman as well, and that is
1: something that you can carry with you for the rest of your life. Thank you very much. Lafleur started playing hockey at the age of five after receiving his first hockey stick as a Christmas present. He later went on to become the fastest player to reach 1,000 points, doing so in only 720 NHL games. Lafleur's trademark smooth skating style and scoring touch made him one of hockey's most popular players, as fans chanted, "gee, gee, Guy, whenever he touched the puck. Lafleur was described as a Jackson Pollock painting on ice. Guy Lafleur, gone but never forgotten. You have been listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8 Side Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office
1: Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took game led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.